This is In Focus, the weekly public affairs program from KTBB and the Team Sports Radio, featuring members of the local community working to make East Texas a better place. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of In Focus. I'm Lonnie Johnson, and today I get to talk to two people I'm very excited to speak with because they're involved in something that means a lot to me, and that is the East Texas Crisis Center. Uh, I welcome today Nicole Henry, the C new CEO of the Crisis Center, East Texas Crisis Center, and of course, Jeremy. Hello. <laughs> the marketing manager. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Lonnie. You're very welcome. Thank you. It's always good to see you again we have a lot of history yes. which is why i'm being snarky with you <laughs> um, nicole welcome to tyler thank you uh welcome to east texas uh obviously uh the crisis center is a valuable commodity uh, to the community so um tell us uh first off let's get the url for east texas crisis center out there uh, the phone number, just in case somebody needs or wants to call in right now. Jeremy's got that, I promise. <laughs> and just to let you uh, ladies know that there's uh, there's resources out there for you in a, in a time of need. And you don't have to uh, set in your situation. You can change it. And with uh, good people like the East Texas Crisis Center, you can have some direction for that change. So with that... Uh, the, uh, Jeremy, the URL and phone number, yeah, please. Yeah, uh, please just visit etcc.org. You know, if maybe it's not safe to call us, we have a chat option available on our website. Um, just visit that chat option. Uh, you'll be able to speak directly with an advocate. If you, if it is safe to call, uh, we have a 24-hour hotline. That's 903-595-5591. And our uh, Monday through Friday office phone, if it is in an emergency situation, um, is 903-509-2526. I, I kid you a little bit, Jeremy, uh, regularly, because you were just like this little kid when I met you. How many years did you work for the Crisis Center? Um, 17. <laughs> Oh, you were there the first year. Okay. Yeah. All right. Man, uh, thank you for what you do. You're, you're a really great example uh, for some of these uh, young people and young ladies and, and ladies in need to see that there's guys out there that uh, are real, genuine, and, and genuinely happy most of the time. You know? Mm -hmm. I appreciate that one. Mm -hmm. All right. That's enough out of you. <laughs> Nicole. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. Let's hear about you. Well, I am from Fort Worth, Texas, and um, we are a big city, but with a small town feel. So moving here to Tyler, it's felt like I'm still at home. You know, um, everybody's been friendly, lovely community. Um, it's not what you think. People always think Tyler is a small city. I'm like, no, it's a bustling, thriving community, and I'm glad to be here. There are some similarities with Fort Worth. But, mm -hmm. uh, so what... Uh, Let's have your resumes to, to some degree. Like, what, what did you do before? It's not your resume to be judged by, but your right. resume, what brought you here? Uh, previously, I worked at the uh, similar agency in Tarrant County that served victims of domestic violence, and I was the chief services officer there. I was there about seven years. Um, prior to that, I worked at um, women's shelters, and so my work has always been focused on uh, women, women in crisis, families um, in need, families in poverty. That's good. I, I, that's a beautiful thing to do. That, that's what I probably want to say here. Okay, <clears throat> let's get into the meat of um, what the Crisis Center does, uh, and, 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 and we all know the value to the community, but let's, let, I guess let's first talk about domestic violence mm -hmm. and about just violence in general uh, toward women and children. I know the answer to this. Are we making any headway? 
Um, <laughs> intimate partner violence is something that may always be with us, but we have the ability and I think the opportunity now to really make some change in how we're res- we are responding. Um, of course, I'm new to Tyler, so I'm just learning. But um, as a community, it is all of our responsibilities. And one of the things that's key in ending the cycle of violence in our communities is making sure that we're holding offenders accountable. We are so used to just providing quality services, which we do this in our cities all across the country. But now we have to really make sure we're not just serving the victim, but how do we prevent this in the first place? And that starts with holding the um, offenders accountable, letting them know this is not okay in our community. How can we do that? So how we do that is in your own personal relationships, you know, in the people that you know, when you see something happening, uh, be supportive to the victim, but also hold that offender accountable. Let him know you see what he's doing. This is wrong. Um, As far as our laws go and what we're doing um, community wide, uh, we have to make sure that we're enforcing the laws. We have to make sure that uh, the bails that are set are appropriate. We have to make sure that uh, the punishment is appropriate. Um, We have to make sure that uh, they understand that this won't stand in our community. Um, We have to encourage programs like our BIP program, our Batterers Intervention Program, um, where they go and um, it's 26 weeks of uh, classes and sessions that are led by trained uh, facilitators to change the way of thinking. Often we think that IPV is just because, um, well, they don't know how to argue and they get into a fight and he's just angry or he gets intoxicated on Friday night after getting paid and, you know, she comes he comes home and she's griping at them and they have a fight. But IPV is there because uh, one person wants power and control over another. It's not about anger. Anger management doesn't work because it's not about anger. If it was about anger, when he got pulled over by the police officer, he would punch the police officer. If it was about anger, when his boss says, I'm sorry, I told you you can have Friday off, but you have to work late, he would get mad at the boss. But he doesn't. He can control his anger. He can control his emotions. This is a desire to have control over another human being and the thought that you have the right to do that. And what's used to gain that control and keep it is coercion and the abuse. Of course, the, the children are going to see it. Mm-hmm. There are children in the house. They're going to see that. And, and I think uh, similar to molestation issues, violence issues, mm-hmm. um, that they, they tend to just be generational. They, they tend to be passed down. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I I try to think about my, my peer group, and I try to think about if one of us um, you know, did something like that. Because um, as, as much as, as, as it's uh, masculine to jump on it and say, I'll just beat the crap out of them or whatever, you're really just kind of extending mm-hmm. the, the circumstance. So what about not the victims, but the people, that, the perps? What, uh, what what changes their lives? What, 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 what can you do? What can we do to affect change with them? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, you just hit on it in our, pill gr- our peer groups in these male-dominated spaces where we create the culture of masculinity that allows for us to believe that we need to have power and control over others in order to be a man, right? 
um, and like Nicole was saying, holding our friends and our peers accountable. So when he makes a sexist joke or a joke that demeans women or allows the belief that women are inferior to men, that we call that out and we challenge it and we question it. So these norms of seeing or perceiving women as inferior, which allow for violence to happen, are uh, aren't normal anymore, right? Why are guys like you and I considered soft because we acquiesce to uh, social mores which uh, are positive for women? Um, that's a great question. That's a big question. I think one of the reasons is because, you know, we've been taught there's only one way to be a man. There's these rigid notions about what masculinity is, and we have to conform to those. I've got the, I mean, I'm from New Boston. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a redneck, uh, reformed redneck, I would say, or uh, evolved redneck. But I, there, there's not that, uh, I am proud that I can do things as a man that, uh, that maybe my uh, significant other cannot do. You know, like, go mow the grass when it's 100 degrees. But, I mean, it's a, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's okay to be a man. You can be a man without uh, without trying to establish that through physical dominance. You can Absolutely. just, uh, taking, taking care of your uh, family, hey, that's something a man does. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, do, you, do we have programs to teach the perps how to change their lives? Should I call them something other than perps? Well, it's the victim and the offender. Offender. Yeah. And we do. We have the Batterers Intervention Program that we offer at East Texas Crisis Center. Um, And you don't have to wait until you're court ordered or until CPS mandates it. Uh, We have gentlemen that come and they say, I want to change. Or their pastor has talked to them and said, you know, you need to make a change. Why don't you try this group? Um, Or their partner has said, you need to do something. And they come to us. So you can voluntarily come to the group and they really, they are evidence-based. Um, and so that means that the curriculum we use is proven and it works. And um, this is not a quick fix. You don't go into the class and in 26 weeks, you're miraculous, miraculously changed because we do have these social norms we're trying to change, how you've been conditioned to think all your life. Um, I like to bring this example up because in society, especially here in our country, this is just how how we frame, you know, how men should behave and how women should behave. Um, you remember that old show, The Honeymooners? Mm-hmm. You know, we made a joke out, out of him saying he was going to do what? To the moon. He was hit the wife. You right. know, and a lot of those old black and white shows, uh, we see that the woman is being, you know, pushed and, you know, handled, you know, in a harsh way. And we thought nothing of it, you know, because that's just how we've conditioned ourselves in our country to mistreat women and to kind of pass it by. And, well, that's just boys being boys. That's just, you know, John, you know how he is, you know. Well, for, I mean, I've always got a horrible comparative. But, I mean, we used muskets back in the the 1800s, too. You know, now things have changed a lot. So Mm -hmm. uh, I don't Mm -hmm. don't know that... um, I, th- I, th- I think probably somewhere in our development as human beings, the male species protected the uh, women, mm-hmm. and you had to be more violent uh, just to survive. Uh, not so much in Tyler, Texas in 2023, guys. <laughs> right. Just not that, you're just not going to have to go beat everybody until the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, Jeremy, give out the phone number in the URL one more time because I want 
if 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 you're listening to this, and not not even if you're the victim, but if you know someone who's a victim, uh, take the initiative. Um, the the difference that that you will uh, affect on that person's life down the road is is monumental. Uh, yeah. give them a Please break. visit our website at etcc.org or give us a call at 903-595-5591. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh, it, it's, it's just never fun to talk about this. I'm sorry. but uh, uh, So let's, uh, let's just for a second go to uh, how you raise funds, um, how, how people are able to, to get money to you. Obviously, the URL and the phone number help. Um, but you also host a car show every year that is now moved to Green Acres. Is that correct? Yes, after they dump, demolished Harvey Convention Center. Uh, Green, <laughs> Green Acres was gracious enough to allow us to use their parking lot. So for the last few years, uh, the car show has been a one-day event in the Green Acres Baptist Church parking lot on Troop Highway. You know, um, it's been really good because it's allowed us to increase the number of participant vehicles. Last year, we had around 200. 68 vehicles participate. We had over 280 degrees different. We, uh, to let you guys know that are listening, in the past, we would have an event where we would uh, spotlight, say, 40 vehicles. Um, and these would be, you know, unbelievable examples in some cases. Uh, Torque Design Kids, or mm-hmm. Torque Design Lab, and they're not kids anymore. <laughs> uh, but everybody would get together. And now it's all come. So when you come and you show your car, your personal car, your Hot Rod Classic, whatever it is, that uh, <clears throat> donation or that uh, entry fee it goes right to the donation so right that's correct a hundred percent of the proceeds from the auto and cycle show go directly to support the services that we provide to survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault a hundred percent of the proceeds from the raffle car which we will be unveiling next month to the public go ahead and tell them what it is also <laughs> go directly to support the services that we provide to survivors um, this year's car is uh, Camaro no <laughs> it'll be a 65 Mustang um, ticket will be available um, Thursday, October 5th. Uh, It's right around the corner. It's right around the corner. And this is really a great way to give. A lot of people may not know how to give to the crisis center, but this is a win-win situation. You donate to a great cause and you have the chance to win a beautiful classic car. Well, the tentacles of... uh kindness uh, go far in Tyler so as we would have it in such a small world here I saw the car yesterday nice. uh, it, it, it's a cute little car perfect uh, for the raffle if you it's, it, it can be a daily driver for you guys uh, when you buy raffle tickets and, and do buy your raffle tickets it's extremely important that you buy raffle tickets for the cause and when you do understand uh, the Mustang you're getting is a uh, driver it'll have air conditioning it, it'll be able to start every time it's cute it's not like some demon hot rod, you know, that I would have. Um, and uh, I, w- I would tell you that uh, the monies that, that are given to this raffle and any businesses out there, uh, it's, don't don't drag your feet. Come up and, and buy some raffle tickets. Yeah, I mean, you know, if businesses want to get involved, we all ha- always have sponsorships available as well. Um, come have a vendor booth at the show, you know, get your name out there. Um, there's this, this is a great event for all community involvement, you know, whether you're a business group, organization, individual, someone who just likes cars, someone who just wants to show your car, you know, whatever way. There's many ways through this event that you can support these types of How many vendors do you guys have now? Uh, we had over 20 last year. It's huge. That's yeah. good. 
Okay. That's in all kinds of vendors or mostly yeah. automotively? Um, some were automotive related. You know, Tort Design was out there last year. And, They've been um, there every year, yeah. too. They're 17 years. And, um, you know, other non-automotive related, like crafts vendors, arts vendors, things like that. So That's fantastic. I know they have, uh, for instance, one of the vendors sells um, uh, uh, pictures of closed racetracks uh, throughout East Texas and throughout Texas. It's really it's, it's neat, Nicole. Um, yeah, I think you will, uh, especially given Fort, Fort Worth, I'll, I think you will find uh, that uh, one of the was the insurance company say like kind and quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that, that's kind of what uh, uh, Tyler is, um, uh, and it's just a perfect perfect situation for the show to take off and, and a perfect venue for it. It's, uh, Green Acres is central, um, and it just I like the fact that. Uh, you know, you, you might make more money out of it because you don't have to pay some other things that you used to have to pay, right? Yeah, I mean, there is opportunity, you know, to increase funding because it does allow more participation, you know, not only through vehicle participation, but also vendor participation. Mm-hmm. Let me hear a positive non-name story. A positive, okay, um... I just got a call the other day from a young lady, of course, again, I'm from Tarrant County, um, that in a shelter um, in Tarrant County, she walked in that day and decided I never again will have my daughters in a place like this. And while recovering from the trauma of the abuse and going through the process of getting protective orders and those things to stay safe, uh, she started a business. And um, by the time she left shelter, she went into our housing program. And um, within 12 months, her business was booming. It is a makeup line. And here she is um, about six years later. And she's doing well and uh, thriving. And she's also started a nonprofit to support um, victims of abuse. And um, she goes around speaking uh, around the state to women, um, holding private groups, but also speaking at large events about how to uh, escape and start your life over. So um, there is life after, you know, you can start your life over. It can seem daunting, you know, in the moment. It can be fearful um, because it is hard. It's not going to be easy. It is hard to walk away. Um, there is that fear. Can I really make it, get a job and sustain myself and the family uh, on my own? Um, but you can do it, you know, and it's well worth it. Well, I think as a rule, if all the couples looked across the table at each other right now, there's significant other or spouses or whatever. Um, it, it's my opinion of 57 now that women are brighter than we are, which maybe uh, maybe some of the, I, I, I'm not joking, like in a sense that I wonder if, if sometimes uh, men are intimidated um, because actually their significant other may be actually more adept at uh, producing uh, funds, uh, running companies, uh, putting long-term plans in place. I know that I'm no good at it. Um, I know that my significant other is that way. She's she's smarter. She's there's just no question. And so I, I wonder sometimes if. It, 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 there's no excuse for physical violence, obviously. It's sad. And, and not just physical violence, but emotional violence. Mm-hmm. I wonder if sometimes they do that because they feel intimidated by the woman's potential. 
Um, That is a possibility. But again, it goes back to the desire to have power and control and uh, wanting their world to look how they want their world to look and using coercion, using threats, using intimidation um, and using abuse to get that is the means to keep the woman in control and submit it um, because they believe that their world is supposed to look the way they want it to look um, when they come home from work. They want dinner prepared a certain way. They want the children a certain way. They want the noise level a certain way. Um, And if those things aren't what they want, you know, and then they can use the threat of abuse to get it. Um, And emotional abuse is just as dangerous. Um, It's just as harmful, just as harmful for the children to experience and observe it. Um, We had a woman that was in court one day. And her attorney noticed her demeanor changed, you know, and the attorney kept saying, you know, you have to sit up, you have to look responsible and present yourself in a certain way. And um, the advocate sitting in the back of the court that was there to support noticed. And so after the hearing was over, the advocate went up to her and said, what happened? And she said he cleared his throat. And and the advocate asked, well, what does that mean? She said, when he would clear his throat in public, that was to let me know that when we got home that night, you know, he was upset with something that I had done or said. So when we got home that night, that I better be ready. And so in court, he's on the opposite side of the courtroom, not even looking at her, but he intentionally cleared his throat to indicate that the next time I see you, what's going to happen um, because he was upset to be in court. He was embarrassed by being in court and right, you know, but that emotional abuse of abuse and that coercion is there and we don't even see it. We don't know what's going on. And so that's just how powerful that uh, abuse, that coercion can be. And so again, it goes back to that desire to have power and control. We've had gentlemen walk into court with the tie she bought him on their anniversary. <laughs> on, you know, on purpose to show, you know, uh, that intimidation, you know, um, when it comes to strangulation. Um, strangulation is used to show I can control your life in my hands. I can take you to the point of death. <laughs> And I can either go all the way or I can let go. You know, strangulation is a very serious thing. So uh, we can predict that if a woman is strangled, that the likelihood of homicide in the future is very real and very imminent. Um, And so we have to make sure we respond appropriately when there's been a woman presenting at the hospital or at a doctor's office uh, with strangulation because death is imminent. I just let that silence up just for a second so that, that you guys can uh, get the full effect uh, of what Nicole is saying. Uh, goodness gracious. Um, so it's, it's about power. I get that. Uh, I want to make sure that uh, our audience listening today knows that there are no socioeconomic boundaries on this either, that, uh, that uh, the richest guy in town um, could, uh, could clear his throat uh, to his wife, which is... You know, it's heartbreaking, and it's just so easy, again, to take the uh, alpha, you know, approach, and I'll tune this guy up, and, you know, he'll understand. Mm-hmm. Truth is, you just, let's say, beget violence with violence, you know, and... Uh, and made it worse, possibly, because when yeah, he goes sure, home... going to be mad and intimidated, mm-hmm. and um, uh, what can... Uh, what are some of the early signs women can look for in a relationship with a man 
to tell whether he's going to be a pig or a, a producer? So uh, the red flags we tell women to look out for. And again, it goes to how we've been socialized. Uh, you go on a date with somebody and, you know, he's been a gentleman. He's opening the door and, you know, he says, text me when you get home. So I know you made it home safely, you know, and that's sweet. And so you text, I made it home safely. What happens if you don't text? You know, what is his response? Does he get upset? Does he uh, start to text or call constantly? Does he the next morning, you know, when you do call, uh, does he ignore you? Does he respond with silence? You know, because that's to manipulate you and make you feel bad for not calling. Uh, those type of things that were told, you know, when he just was showing concern, you know, that shows he's interested. Girl, don't be upset. You know, he cares, you know, but that's a, f a red flag. You know, um, the constant checking in and requiring you, you know, when you go on your lunch break, let me know. And uh, when you get home from work, let me know and touch base. Um, also just watching their behavior and how they respond uh, to little things. You know, you get busy and don't get to call one day, <laughs> you know, um, how they respond when you're out in public, you know, uh, someone compliments you or, you know, even if it's a female, you know, how do they respond? Um, watch their relationships with others and just, um, and then also moving quickly in a relationship. Again, these movies tell us, you know, you can meet somebody one day and by Friday you're in love and wanting to move in with them. I think it takes five years. <laughs> That's just my personal, I mean, I, I'm not being able to try it, man. I mean, I'm dead serious because uh, two to five years gives the relationship time to uh, go through a little ebb and flow and a uh, time where that person's not the best thing since last bread for a minute. You know, they're kind of mean or, or they have uh, you got to get used to their family in some way, which, you know, when you're in a relationship, you get, you get everybody. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wanted to try it. It's just so hard not to get emotional about this topic. I mean, I, I talked to a, a guest each week on the show, and they're all very important things, and, and, and it just makes me so sad. I just, I, I pictured... Um, Somebody, well, 903-595-5591 is the number that you can call right now or anytime uh, to the East Texas Crisis Center to get help if you know anybody, if it's you. Um, it's uh, you, you, you're careful with their identity. Uh, mm -hmm. you're, you're careful with everything. When they, when they, when they come, let's just, as, as we begin to wrap this up, Let's just uh, give these people hope. If, if they come to you, when they get to your center, the front door, they're going to go into a controlled space immediately. Kind of discuss what happens right after that. Yeah. So um, women or women with their children, they can come into our building. It is a safe, secure uh, facility. Um, many don't know where we are, so uh, it's safe and undisclosed location. Um, there's going to be a brief conversation, so we can make sure we know what the need is and how we can best support you. Um, our shelter is really a beautiful facility. It's not what you see on TV. It's not the cold, sterile, gray or no, white it's room. Really it's toys and murals and peaceful. it is very peaceful and calming. Um, there are, I think, three gardens <laughs> on the property for moms to have uh, time just to sit alone or moms to go out and play with the children. 
um, our staff are trained and are very compassionate. Um, we have clinicians, we have licensed therapists on staff to support uh, the women and to work with the children. Uh, we have advocates that are going to help you with a plan, you know, and help you get the things you need to stay safe, a protective order or an emergency protective order, whatever is needed, um, and then services to help you move forward. And so it's connecting you with housing and um, finding safe housing, getting relocated. If you need to get out of the city and we need to get you somewhere else safe, we have a means to do that. Uh, but we're going to take you from where you are and help you walk through this journey uh, if you want us to walk with you through this journey. And even after you leave the shelter, coming back for support groups and counseling and for kiddos to come back for groups, for teens to come in for groups, we provide that long-term support and advocacy. Beautiful. And uh, guys out there, if you're listening to my voice, if you have children and they see this, you found them already and you can get it back. Uh, never say never. Change mm -hmm. your life. Mm -hmm. People do it all the time. But temporarily, you've failed that child. You've harmed that child. And there's a good propensity that this child is going to go on and it mimic the same behavior that uh, that you've done in front of them. And not, not a good look, gentlemen. Boys that grow up in homes that witness their mother being abused are more likely to then abuse. And girls that grow up in homes seeing their mothers abused are more likely to be victims themselves. And that's what we see. We see women come in and we get a family history and they saw the abuse. And then the mother was also witnessing the abuse um, from her parents. And so it is generational. It can carry on. But it can also happen when we, we've had women come in. She was never witness to abuse. Her husband was never uh, witness to abuse. It can happen. Nicole, thank you for your introduction today. I appreciate it. It seems like uh, the East Texas Crisis Center is in great hands. Uh, Jeremy, crazy to see you, man. Uh, thank you for what thank you do. You're, you're very welcome. And uh, be kind to one another out there. It's, it's really not that difficult to do. Be a, be, a, be a good example for children. It's not that hard to do. Uh, thank you both so much uh, for joining me today. And uh, if again, if there's anyone out there that needs assistance, it's the East Texas Crisis Center. It's 903-595-5591. This has been In Focus. My name is Lonnie Johnson. Have a great week. In Focus is a weekly public affairs program featuring members of the local community working to make East Texas a better place. In Focus is produced by KTBB and the Team Sports Radio. And we thank you for listening. Join us again next week.